Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. Uh, my name is Angus and I'm joined this evening by Dan Ashby. Dan, how are you? Yeah, not bad, Angus. Another win for Luton. Back heading towards the playoffs. Um, pretty average game week in Gaffer, um, which has resulted in me hitting the dreaded overhaul button. Yes, there's been a bit of Twitter conversation about that, so we will discuss that a bit later on. Um, as you can probably tell, Jamie is not with us this evening. Um, the storm has knocked out his sort of internet, uh, Sky TV, can't even watch Netflix. He's devastated, so uh, he's uh, he he can't be with us this evening. So it's just the two of us. Um, but we'll go over um, game week thirty three. Uh, we'll do the usual sort of brief predictions for game week 34 and we will answer your questions and um, we will talk a little bit about um, a little bit more about the overhaul later on, I think. But we'll do a little game week review first. Uh, Dan, how did your game week go? Uh, like I said, uh, I've gone down two positions. I've got 61 minus four, um, Captain Mitrovic. Uh, Vice-Captain Sharp for 19. Um, returns for Drama, we got 10. Um, Johnson got 8. Willock, 6. Victor, 5. Uh, and I'm actually worst off from my transfers. I took out um, Swift and Honeyman, and I brought in Lawrence and Carvalho. And somehow I ended up on minus 1 after Lawrence decided to get red-carded. And he's out for three games, so that's what one of the reasons why I'm overhauling one of many. Um, so yeah, I've got like I said, I've dropped down two positions, two hundred and eleven. Um, yeah, so so game week really. Yeah, I mean my be- my game week could probably best be summed up by the fact that uh, that I took a hit uh, which involved selling John Swift. <laughs> so that. That didn't really go to plan. Um, I had made the moves of. Uh, I wish I had missed the deadline. Uh, but we won't talk too much about the the sort of deadline issues uh, this week, obviously. But um, I ended up on fifty three minus four, which was a red arrow of eleven places down to sixty eighth. Um, I had more six, a drama ten, Townsend five, um, Egan six. Willock six, Daniel Johnson eight, and Victor is vice captain seven, Mitrovic captain for two. Um, I'm still happy with my transfers, but obviously it leaves me a little bit worse this week, but potentially better for the weeks to come. So uh, obviously the swift the swift move hurts, but you know I could I couldn't have seen that coming. Um, speaking of things we couldn't see coming, great segue there. Paul Ince. Um, so we'll talk about, you know, the the first game we we are going to talk about is Preston 2, Reading 3. Uh, do you want to talk about the game first or Paul Ince first? Let's get the game out of the way. <laughs> um, yeah, look, Reading took a 3-0 lead. Um, I think we've said for quite a while, if Reading can get their better players out, Swift, Zhao, they're going to cause teams problems, and that's what happened here. Um, both returning, um, 
they still conceded in two goals at the at the back. So um, probably Preston's two best assets at the minute, Johnson and Archer with the goals. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a bit weird with Reading. <laughs> they end up winning and then Paunovic goes. So um, I personally wouldn't have gone for uh, Paul Lintz. I don't know what he's been doing for eight years, but it's it's not anything to do with football. So out of the blue, but well, can it go any worse than Paunovic? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on this game, yeah, I I was uh, I was at the Arsenal game and forgot until partway through um, that I had sold John Swift. So that was a nice realization. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently on Paunovic, apparently the agreement had been reached beforehand that he was going to go, uh, but he was going to take charge of the game. Uh, Paul Ince, um best I can give you is he's been, for the last eight years, giving terrible opinions on TV and radio. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just strange. You know, he's, he hasn't managed a single game since 2014. I believe my immediate reaction was they might as well have given the job to Tom Ince. Um, I can understand Paunovic going. I mean, you know, particularly if you've decided this isn't going to work, if it, the players aren't responding, one game shouldn't change that. Even it, like, you know, every get, every win is massive at the bottom of the moment, but one game shouldn't change it if you've decided that it's not going to work with him. Um, obviously, they, they had a great start in this game, like you said, you know, and... Zhao and Swift, we know, you know, those two together, we've we've seen it, you know, they can obviously be big and that could that could be the key difference, even if they just get ten games of that, that could be the key difference to them staying in the division. Um, you know, I'll I'll quite happily take my Daniel Johnson goal. We've obviously talked about Archer, so I think um Preston still just continued to sort of drift along a bit. Um Reading obviously massive win for them, but I'm not really sure what we're going to get under Paul Ince. You know, like I say, we haven't seen him manage in eight years. He was a fine manager like when he was in work. So, you know, he 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 had bad moments. You know, he had good moments. His first spell at um, MK um, was obviously what sort of put him on the map as a potential manager. It was pretty much all downhill from there. But... Uh, yeah, until until we see him take charge of something, I'm I'm not really sure what to make of it, really. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't that uh, impressed with the hecking bottom yeah. manager appointment, and he's done very well. So, yeah, well, I'm going to wait and see what happens. But I think the the key thing is that this is bad news. I think for Derby, not not so much Paul Wins coming in, just. The fact that they've now got Zhao back, Swift back, um, Maite back. Um, if Scott Dan comes back soon, then they might actually have a decent centre-back partnership. And they're still conceding basically two goals a game. But if they stop, stop that out, they're going to have enough attacking flair up front to win games, which is a worry for Derby, I think. Yeah, and I think it, it is worth saying, yes, they've conceded two goals in this, but, you know, you don't want it to get close, but that's the sort of thing that can happen when you race into a three nil lead. You know, you take you take your foot off the pedal and when you're not the most defensively solid, that can happen. But um yeah, I think Dan isn't too far away, which was obviously, like you say, be big for them. 
Um, but we'll see what happens with them. Uh, you know, it's like we say, it's all a bit of an unknown at the moment. So we'll move on to the next game, which is uh, Sheffield United 4, Swansea 0. Um, so obviously, you know, I don't own Morgan Gibbs-White. I don't own Billy Sharp. Um, Gibbs-White looks looks straight back, doesn't he? He looks right back to it. Yeah, he looks he looks um, right at it. Two goals and an assist. A goal and an assist for Sharp. Um, probably the biggest news was no Bogle, though, again. Um, I know it broke that he seems to have a, a problem with his... Um, I can't remember what what it is but it's he's knee me he's struggling with an ongoing injury which they're gonna have to manage and the problem is they've got bulldog who's who's good enough well he's probably a top end right back at this at this level so they don't even have to risk him now so that's another reason why i've overhauled um but yeah sheffield united were very very good in this game um, probably getting close to Fulham levels of being the best team in the league, I think. Um, definitely, I know a lot of people have Egan and NDI. Uh, NDI didn't play, so as we thought, when Morgan Gibbs White's back, he's just a rotation risk. Um, do you still have him, Angus, or did you? No, yeah, I, saw, I sold him as part of my yeah. minus four. <laughs> so, yeah, I... Egan just looks like he's going to get six every week, uh, unless he scores a header, but it's just going to be a solid six. So whether there's better options probably will be, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why I have, I, I mean, I have Egan and Bogle and we, I have a few issues, but it's part of the reason I'm not necessarily rushing to sell John Egan because he's solid, he'll play like, you know, he does find his way onto the end of a number of set pieces, so you you probably will end up with the odd goal. But for the moment, I'm just like it because budget isn't an issue for me at the moment. There's no rush for me to sell someone sort of dependable like that. But yeah, yeah the the upside is low, but um, the dependability is a big thing there. Um, Gibbs White, you know, right on the radar. I mean. You know, we we talk about Baldock, you know, sort of covering for Bogle. I mean, he scored the best goal of the lot in this game. Yeah, he uh, did, amazing yeah. finish. Um, as they said on Quest, it's sort of the age-old thing. It always also makes it look better when it goes in off the underside of the bar. What <laughs> somehow makes it look better? Um, but yeah, you know, to have to have someone to come in like that is obviously just sort of such a big bonus and. Yeah, they're they're sort of they're doing really well at the moment, um, and particularly for people looking ahead to game week thirty six, they, you know, they do have that double there. Um, to people who are looking at home advantage, obviously they're one of the ones with the two home games, but it's a decent run for them still. I mean, Blackburn struggling a little bit at the moment, Millwall, then the double. You know, it's it's not the worst run to be sort of, to have these players through and. Um, while you won't necessarily might not necessarily want to still be triple up like a lot of people were because of their previous sort of doubles and everything, I think you know having multiple of them is absolutely fine at this point. Um, do you have anything really to add on Swansea? I just put target Swansea. 
I yeah, just... it's tough. It's tough with them. I know they've got they had they've got sort of multiple sort of defensive absences, and that doesn't help. But um, you know, they've they've had a few of these now um, this season where you know they can just sort of ship threes and fours, and um, so I do think that they're like you say they're not the worst to sort of look for attacking assets up against. Um, do, are you? I assume you're ditching, or did you still have Christie on your in your team? I assume you're ditching him on overhaul if you yeah, did. Yeah, I'm ditching. Yeah, I'm ditching him. He's one of uh, eleven who's been cold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's the only one at this point that I could see as defensible for people to own. Um, if you own him, it's fine. Like you know, you probably end up benching him more often than playing him at this point. But he's still not the worst one to own, really. Um, so we'll move on from them. Um, obviously, Sheffield United good, Swansea less good, um, and we'll move on to uh, the the game that I'm sure you'll have a lot to say about: Luton two, West Brom nil. So uh, take it away. Yeah, so um, Luton made a, a few changes. Probably the most notable was uh, Jed Steer um, started in goal over James Shea. Uh, obviously, we loaned him in on deadline day with Sluger moving to Ludogrets. Um, he done okay. There was one one incident where he kicked the ball out straight to Andy Carroll, who passed it to Grant, who had a shot that squirmed under him and just went past the post. Um, to be honest, West Brom, I don't know how they didn't score in the first half. Um, Grant missed a great chance where Naismith basically passed it to him 10 yards out running right in front of goal and he, he hit the bar. Um, second half, it was pretty even. Um, another set piece from Luton, Naismith and Cameron Jerome got his header on the first league goal of the season. Oh, oh, sorry, I should probably mention that Cornick didn't start this match. It was um, Adebayo and Jerome up front. Um, Jerome then got assist for uh, Alan Campbell, um, great strike. Not quite as good as Bulldogs, but it was probably the second best goal of the weekend. Um, and he, he's starting to really do well since coming back from injury earlier on in the season. So since, since we've come back um, from this COVID break, I think he's got four goals. Um, not convinced he's an option. Two have been long ranges, so I think there's better options. Um, but just just... West Brom in general just were lacking confidence. Um, after the second goal, two of their players got in a fight and got book, both booked. So they, they're just a massive avoid at the minute. Uh, another reason why I'm doing the overhaul to get rid of my double West Brom defence. I, th- I think you can have one. I think... Um, because their games, I can't see West Brom getting hammered, so they'll always be in games. So I think they they'll get the odd half a clean sheet, and they'll probably do quite well on bonus if they win like one or two nil. But I would I wouldn't be doubling up on them now. Um, I don't know what you thought about the match, Angus. Um, yeah, I thought Luton was slightly fortunate that West Brom didn't score. Um, yeah. I thought that you know generally speaking they had sort of the better of the chances but obviously they still have to put those away and that's been the story with West Brom all season so nothing new there 
Um, I also think um, West Brom's recent form can perfectly be summed up by the fact that their captain was out with chicken pox. I don't know how Kyle Bartley managed to get to this stage of his life without having had chicken pox. But he was playing yesterday. Though. Yeah, no, that was his first game back from chicken pox. So, yeah. uh... <laughs> apparently it's quite dangerous for an adult to get it. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, so uh, that that feels like it best sums up their recent form. Their, their, you know, their best defender, one of the most important players, managed to get chicken pox. Um, so yeah, I mean it's tough. Uh, like you say, I think I think the one defender is fine. Um, they're still going to keep clean sheets in there. Um, they're not going to get hammered at any point, I don't think. Um, I I think the the trust issues we've ex- we've expressed around the defenders before. They're still there. The attackers, sorry, they're still there. Um, they're, you know, I don't think Steve Fr- Bruce is going to fix their attacking issues. I've, I've said that. I've sort of been very sceptical of him coming in. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be rushing to uh, to get their attackers. Um, if you're still on someone like Callum Robinson for some reason, um, he'd be a sell ASAP for me. Um, and yeah, I'd probably, if you're still on the double up, go down to one defender from them. But I think a lot of people have sort of moved off the double up at this point anyway. Um, Luton did well. I mean, I, I, I mean, we joked before the season. I had jokes about Cameron Jerome, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, he's 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 got a goal. Um, he did well. Um, I was obviously very high before the season, genuinely on Alan Campbell. Um, as someone who does watch sort of SPL football and everything, um, he was someone that was very well thought of, and I thought, particularly going to a team like Luton, that he would sort of fit in well and make transition well. And you know, we've we've seen that particularly recently. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just you know, Luton put, moving in the right direction, West Brom moving in the wrong direction, and this game felt like the perfect sort of. It just felt like, that. yeah, it just summed up. West Brom just missed loads of chances and then Lewin just just score and then they just didn't really do anything after that, To be apart from Carroll hit the bar. But yeah. We were two up. Um, I think if you've got Naismith or Bree, I would seriously just keep them. Yeah. Um, they're both on set pieces from it, so... One, Naismith's left-footed, Bree is right-footed, and they basically take all the set pieces, so corners and free kicks. So just stick with one, and then you'll get points just dripping in, and yeah. you can even bench them. It's not a problem. Yeah. Um, I guess the prob- the one issue with Luton is that every so often you will get a game like the Birmingham game thrown in, but... Oh yeah, um, but in general, like you say, that what those guys, particularly at their price points, you know, they're not sort of overly expensive. Like you're not worrying about sort of your value in them. So I think, yeah, they're good ones to have. Um, but we'll move on to our next game. Um, a few talking points here, I think. Uh, Stoke two, Birmingham two. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts on this one? So no Madger or Powell. So. Um... Was a bit surprising at the lineup. Um, Campbell scored two goals. Definitely meant the first one. <laughs> but it definitely hit him. 
I don't know if he meant it. Yeah, he he, he didn't mean that. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I, I've been quite impressed since they've gone to the four at the back. Um, Luton have them next away, and we never beat Stoke, so um, they'll probably beat us. But I just think they're a bit more exciting now with the players they've signed. Um, I know Jamie was happy that Klukas was back in the side. What did you call him? Sam Clueless? Yeah, Sam (laughs) Clueless. But, um, yeah, look, at the minute, I think I'm planning on having Baker in um, on my overhaul. Just I think the fixtures look pretty decent for a while. And he seems to be on set pieces and penalties. So, and I don't have to play him every week at 5.5 million. So... I think he's an option. I know you you like Campbell maybe as a differential. Yes. Um, I worked up an overhaul drafter. We were discussing overhauls in our pod chat. I'm not going to overhaul. Um, I can say that with some certainty, but I said I would have had Tyrese Campbell in there as a bit of a pun. Uh, part of my reasoning was he can score even when he's not trying to, which uh, is <laughs> represented by the first goal in this game. But yeah. I think uh, I, I think actually there's a few assets in there. I mean, it's a shame, um, Nick Powell. We did sort of it. What well, he was sort of listed as a doubt uh, by O'Neill before before the game, so that one didn't shock me. Uh, the Major one, I was surprised, uh, which was COVID, but they hadn't said anything beforehand about that one. But I think yeah. they've got assets through the team. Um, I like uh, Philogene Bedes. I think he could be a decent option. Um, Campbell, I, I like Jacob Brown. I think Lewis Baker is the one I'd probably is the first it's just one. Just rotation, to... rotation. You get the feeling. O'Neill loves rotation. Mm. He does it for the sake of it. He's rotated yeah. the goalies all season. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Brown seems to be the safest one from that. If you were yeah. looking for an attacker, like I'd I'd probably look to Baker. But I think if you're looking for an attacker. Brown is probably the safest one from the rotation. Um, but I think you can go defensive. I mean, Bursic's back in goal now. And I think the back four looks pretty settled now. Um, ben Wil- Wilmot looks like he's just going to be the right back. Um, and if you want, if you're a little bit worried about Smith coming back in, I'm not. But if you are, you could just go Jagielka or Harwood Bellis. I think Jagielka's under five million as well. Um because I was as I was doing the overhaul, I did look at him. Uh, try yeah. and get it out. But I mean, they they have a decent run as well. Um, while you're looking for the prices, I'll just talk a little bit about the run they've got. Luton at home, not the best, but I mean, the the immediate two aren't great. They always beat Luton. Don't yeah. worry about that. Um, and then they go they go to Bournemouth, which is yeah. is not great. But the double is Blackpool and Barnsley. Yeah. And then they play Peterborough in 37. Um, So I imagine 36, 37, you're probably going to want something of Stoke. So, um, Jackie Elker is 4.7. And how much is Harwood Bellis? Five. Yeah. Um, I think Ben Wilmot just got Championship Goal of the Month. So uh, <laughs> he's five point two though. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but if you want a defender who's good for the odd screamer, <laughs> didn't he hit the woodwork a couple of games ago again? Like yeah. Uh, so just um, but yeah, um, 
Thoughts on Birmingham in this one? Well, they didn't have a centre-back playing, which is a bit of a problem. When you've got Colin and Pedersen playing centre-backs, and then Bella and is it Graham right back? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they had two wingers playing full-backs and two full-backs playing centre-backs. So I was sort of let them off. Yeah. Like, like we've been saying, I like their attacking options now, Birmingham. I, I, they're not going to keep any clean sheets, so they're going to have to score goals. And they score three against Luton, and they score two against Stoke. So I don't hate them. I'm not sure if they have any doubles, though, coming up. So I don't think they do. It would help um, if I'm off the fixture screen. But, uh... but like Hernandez got an attacking return again. Um, Bakun is doing well as well. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't. No, they have don't any have any doubles. doubles. So that's a bit of a problem, really. But um, so no, don't jump on Lyle Taylor. <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, I think going forward, they've looked a lot better since January. Yeah, I mean, I think if you if you were going there, you'd probably look at someone like an Onel Hernandez or even a Bakuna. But um, I think because of those sort of lack of doubles and everything, not really going to be looking at them. Um, although off Joel's question to us last week about teams being overlooked in the doubles, you know, it might be worth sort of, you know, looking around and not being coming too focused on them. Um, we'll move on to our next game. Um, the lunchtime kickoff on Saturday, which was a uh, Fulham one Huddersfield two. Um, you know, that I, I like talking about when I get sort of tips right. Uh, you know, there are plenty of times where I get them wrong. I mean, you know, I sold John Swift from my team. Um, I mentioned sort of Huddersfield um, about them being sort of one to look for. Um, I mentioned, I think, Toffolo and I mentioned Holmes. So uh, yeah. I, felt, I felt good about that one. But uh, yeah, you, you were able to watch more of this than me. So uh, what did you think on this one? Yeah, so I watched the first 45 minutes and then obviously I had to go to the game. Uh, the the f- main news was probably Cabano was benched yeah. uh, for Bobby Reed. Um, I didn't even realise. I, I said it was a normal team in the chat. And then you were like, Cabano's not playing. <laughs> um, I thought Williams looked dangerous at right back. Um, you can see he's going to get returns uh, for Mitrovic, although Tete was back on the bench. So there's going to be rotation there, I think. Um I don't think Fulham done that much wrong in this game, to be honest. It it, it felt like it, they had some chances, maybe not so much on goal, more like stretching and the last final ball they just couldn't get, like the Carvalho to Mitro where crashed across the goal. they done that a couple of times. Um, I, I just think it's just Huddersfield being... Just underrated again. What I think they're 14, 15 games without a loss now. So, and I know when we played them earlier on in the season, when they came to Luton, they were a lot more savvy, um, a lot more structured. They have had a wet certain way of playing. So they have like a good foundation. Uh, so the goalie, Nichols has done well in goal. Um we're both fans of Toffolo going forward. I know he's not got as many returns as he did last year. Um, I just think they're really set up. I'm not sure how many assets they really do have, but they're, they're certainly not a team to target. 
I'm a bit disappointed because I did at one point have Sharp as captain, but I couldn't really. Um, but yeah, I just I personally think Huddersfield are going to get top six. I think they've got the points on the boards. They're in good form. I think they'll finish ahead of Blackburn and QPR, and it's just can any how many teams can catch them, and I'm not convinced too many will be able to. Yeah, I mean on the on the assets, I think we've talked about Toffler. I think if you want to go with, you know, centre back, someone like Lee's, um, it's a good Pearson. solid pick again. Um, Pearson, Pearson, um, and Holmes and Ward probably the two in the attack. Um, it- Holmes just seems to get rotated a bit, though. Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing um, after we went off him for a while is Sorba Thomas is back to very much playing in the attack again. Yeah, he's playing right wing. Um, so I think he's he's potentially interesting. He he did look good from what I saw in this game. Um, yeah, for, and then for Fulham, I think it's it's one of those days. On another day, they score three, four, five, like... Uh, you know, there there were chances, there were half chances. Um, <laughs> amazing assist from Nico Williams. <laughs> Shot yeah. straight to Bobby Reed. But to be honest, like in his general play, yeah. he's got a good cross on him and Mitrovic. You can see why I think he's got a couple of assists already, I yeah. think, Williams. Um, um, I personally think the penalty was harsh. I think it's one of those I've seen. The attack, the attacker basically keeps going into Rodak. Rodak has nowhere to go, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah penalty. Where it's a, I think it's a bit harsh, but um, but yeah, um, I don't think either side will be too concerned. Like I think Silver's concern made sense, which was about uh, Fulham not being clinical enough in that game, um, which was basically the only thing missing from their game. Really, like that, you know, they did most of the right things. They just know didn't finish it off and then Huddersfield obviously it's another it's another result in the right direction um if you were right now buying three gonna have three well you're on overhaul but uh if you were advising people to buy three Fulham assets who would you go with Mitrovic, Carvalho and Wilson I think those are still the main three although I do I like Nico Williams I just worry about Kenny Tete looming again now but yeah. um I, th- I think when, Williams is still a it, it is still a good pick to go with. It's just when they have a free game week, you know, we've seen it all season that Brian comes in for the middle game instead of Robinson, so they'll just do that with Tete. So that's the that's the one problem really, I think. Yeah, um, but we'll move on to the next game, uh, Bristol City two, Middlesbrough one. Um, so, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think it's pretty much what we've been saying all for quite a while with Bristol City. The front three are good. They can, they can score against anyone. Um, and I don't think Borough, not not really anything to worry about for Borough either. I just think it's probably one of those days. So uh, I still think Jones is a good option. McNair, Dyke Steele's a bit cheaper. Um, so, yeah. I don't think it's anything to worry about. Crooks is Crooks is doing well actually, He's scoring quite a lot of goals yeah. now. He always gets booked though, which is a bit of a problem. Yeah, um, he's an interesting one. Um, I don't hate him as an option, but I just think 
there's probably better options around sort of thing um but yeah i mean i don't like you know we've talked about bristol city again i mean i think the two goals were what uh vyman goal semenyo assist and semenyo goal vitamin assist and yeah. you know martin's involved in there as well like, i think those three are obviously sort of big for them uh, and, and probably during the season they'll come back in around in favor i'm guessing again and they're yeah. not terrible options yeah, yeah and uh middlesbrough i think they you know they did have good chances in this game they just weren't able to take more than one of them and even that was right at the end but i you know They'll be annoyed by the result, but I think the, the performance shouldn't concern people too much, um, in term, particularly in terms of bringing their assets in or having their assets. So, um, yeah, I think it, that's just one of those, really. Um, next one we've got is QPR 1, Hull 1. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? Just not too much, to be honest. Again, another game QPR didn't win. Um Maybe it's finally the data coming back to them. They're not having chair and Willock get them out of trouble. Uh, Dieng was back in goal after Marshall top scored in Jeepers Keepers. Wasn't good enough to keep his uh, position. Dykes was out. And Willock played left wing back, which we've seen this a couple of times. Um, I'm not a fan of it. He's probably their best player at the minute and you're playing him out of position. Get your best player in the right positions and you might win games. Um, And for Hull, I just put Force finally scored his goal. Be interesting to see if he kicks on, but I've got no interest in Hull um, Hull players. I think Willock is probably the only QPR option I'd be looking at at the minute. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate Chair. He's obviously taken his goal well. um... Yeah. It looked like Albert Adoma possibly had a goal that should have counted. But um, yeah, I mean, the Willock, the Willock at left wing back thing was strange. I mean, McCallum was allegedly back available, wasn't even on the bench. But Odebadjo's played there before and he just sat on and he was sat on the bench. I didn't really understand that. Um, I knew Wallace was likely out uh, from what they've said, but I was surprised that they went Willock there, particularly because it's cost them when they've done it before. And they, you know, he just hasn't learned from the lesson and done it again. Um, so that'll be a frustration what's your, there. What's your view on QPR, Angus? Because I know I've been quite against them all season. Like I've, I've been of the opinion that Willock and Chair have been basically winning, winning them points all season. And I think in the last few games we've started to see that that's not happening. Mm. And with with the form of the teams coming up through the playoffs, Sheffield United, Forest, Middlesbrough, even Huddersfield, Luton. Um, are, are you starting to worry they're not going to get top six? I'm not worried as such. I mean, I never believed that they were going to push on to the top two and actually finish there. Um, I'm not worried as such. Um, I do think, I mean, I would throw Dykes in there as well. and I think he's scored a number of goals for them and been important, yeah. but they've relied a lot on those three. And I think, you know, Dykes will then go through periods where he doesn't score. And, you know, Austin hasn't been as contributing as much. You know, Gray's been injured or away. And, you know, there's there's been a little bit of missing guys and yeah. you know, guys being injured. You know, Dieng went away. Marshall filled in well. You know, Dickey's then been suspended for this one. You know, Wallace is out. McCallum's out. You know, then... 
Um, Johansson's missed the odd game here and there. So I think they, you know, that hasn't helped them. Um, but I do think they sort of have to knuckle down again now. You know, they they were yeah. they were doing well before. Like, yes, maybe they, they were probably outperforming their sort of data a bit, but they were doing well before. And I think they just need to, you know, this was a bit of a reality check. This stretch has been a little bit of a reality yeah. check for them. And um, it'll be interesting to see how they react. Um, I thought they were always a little bit at risk just as, as the group got more condensed. Um, so... I'm no more worried about them than I am about any number of these teams. It's just sort of going to be interesting to see who can who can sort of get there in the end, so to speak. Um, you know, from what's it from Blackburn to Blackburn in third to let's say I mean Coventry in tenth, cut off just before West Brom. Uh, there's seven points. Yeah, it's not a lot. No, and obviously everyone's played all sorts of different numbers of games, ranging from I think I think we're at thirty between thirty and thirty-three for everyone in the league now. So yeah. um, I think it will become a bit clearer in the next few weeks, particularly once some of these teams put, start playing their games in hand. Yeah, the double game week after yeah. thirty-six, probably thirty-six and on towards forty, we'll get a clearer idea of where teams actually are. But I think thirty-six will probably be key point because then you you get more or less to 10 games to go yeah. and, you st- and you start to really see it taking shape in terms of who's who's going to be there um qpr have a shot it's just like like i say i think they they've they've dropped a few sort of dodgy performances in there and i think now we're in a period where it be make or break to whether they sort of drift away or whether they're sort of right in the thick of it um on the whole side i think the main thing like you said was marcus force getting a goal and uh we do have to say uh, talk about uh, Ingram, obviously oh, went yeah. off, off with a, a nasty head injury. Um, he had regained sort of consciousness, which was obviously a good thing and was fully responsive and everything. But um, he will at the very least miss the midweek game. Um, I think it was a young lad who came on for him. Um, yeah. Was it 19? Right. Yeah, he's not in the game. <laughs> no. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure whether Baxter's going to be back. So it may well be that... Um, you know, Cartwright will start their next game. I don't know anything about him in terms of like whether that makes them more susceptible or anything. Um, so they do play Barnsley next game. So if you were looking to bring in a Barnsley attacker to target that, um, I probably have more questions about you, to be honest. Colton Morris, essential. Yeah, uh, Domingos Kina. <laughs> At least he scored recently. That is true. Um. But yeah, not much else to add on there. Um, the next game, oh, I'm really disappointed Jamie is here for this one. But uh, hmm? you've got to lead this one, Angus. I, I, this was the one player I actually said beforehand. This was the one player that I was really, I didn't buy, and I was really concerned about not owning. We are, of course, about talk, talking about Tom Lawrence and Derby One Peter Brunel. Um, yeah, I'll I'll happily lead this one. This is one because I didn't buy him. I'm quite happy to talk about him. Obviously, I'm I'm disappointed Jamie's not on to talk about his wonderful captaincy. Um, I uh, I mean, I particularly enjoyed. I think Jamie said something at one point in the pod chat on Saturday about Mitrovic not doing anything, and I threw out a comment of "Don't worry." Tom Lawrence is going to get sent off later anyway. 
And uh, I couldn't quite believe it when I saw the message come through from someone, Tom Lawrence, red card. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, for, the, for those who haven't seen it, um, it's, it's an awful challenge from him. Um, I think the excuse was he, he lost it a little bit. He got a whack on the head from someone in a challenge before that. But I mean, he's he's basically just run up and like put his stu- stuck his studs into the guy's shin. Um, like it, it's really not a good challenge. Um, you know, in the situation they're in, from your captain and everything, you know, you you can't really afford captain best player, like really important player for them. You can't afford for him to be missing three games for something like that. Yeah, and they're, they're, he's missing Millwall. Luton and Cardiff games where you think they'll probably pick pick up points and we've seen it numerous times this season Tom Lawrence bit of magic has won and points well that could be the difference these three games say if Reading get I don't know four points yeah and Derby only get one or something like that you'll get into the point where it's it's it's, it's problematic again for them to stay up yeah, I mean, it should, we should also say before that, uh, Peterborough had had a man sent off. Um, we talk about stupid red cards with Tom Lawrence. I mean, Hayden Coulson isn't much better. What was it, two yellows in five minutes? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the second one, it's a yellow card anyway. It's an absolutely ridiculous challenge to dive into when you're on a yellow card. Um, I'm not sure what he was complaining about getting a second yellow card for it. Um, but... No, they did. They did get the win in the end, which was obviously important, particularly with Reading winning, just to sort of try and keep pace. Um, Sibley getting the goal at the end, but um, yeah, for those looking at Tom Lawrence, that means, I mean, Rooney said three games. Unless something changes on the suspension, it will be three games, which would have him missing both games of double game week thirty-five, which a lot of people were looking at him for. Um, so obviously, that's that's another real inconvenience, but. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's tough for Peterborough and we should talk about, um, we're recording on Sunday evening and uh, Darren Ferguson has resigned as Peterborough manager. Um, we were speculating before we started recording about um, who might come in. But uh, first and foremost, what do you think of um, Ferguson resigning? Um as I mentioned before we, we started the pod, I listened to Daryl McAnthony's podcast. He does, well, I think every week or every couple of weeks. And he was saying that he wasn't going to sack Ferguson because earlier on in when he was in his career, he made decisions too quickly. And I think he was viewing it as a long-term uh, project, uh, project for Peterborough. Um and he was really worried that Ferguson would resign. And that's obviously what's happened. So, look, they're, them and Barnsley are the two worst teams in the league and are probably going to get relegated. Now, I think McCaffrey will look at it as a long-term project and probably get someone who's got a pretty decent record in League One or he might just go for an up-and-coming coach or League Two manager. I, I can't see him getting someone like a, a Warnock in or anything like that. It it just goes against what Peterborough stand for 
and how they're running their club. So, yeah, I don't know what you think, Angus. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, you know, I can understand it from Ferguson's point of view. If he thinks, like, you know, someone else might be able to pull off the escape job with them to sort of step aside and uh, hope that someone else can do the job. I mean, the, the one that sort of jumps to mind that people have immediately been throwing out there is Grant McCann. Is obviously another one who's who's been there not that long ago. Um, particularly if we're looking ahead to potentially next season in League One as well, a manager who has got you know um, a reasonable record in that division. Um, I'd like to see them go for sort of a young up and coming coach. Um, I like you say I don't see a a Neil Warnock. Uh, nothing about them screams sort of short term appointments. Um, but I. I really don't know, and it'll be really interesting to see what they do, um, because you know the right the right hire. Crazier things have happened than them making a little run because they'll only, probably only need to make a little run to catch Reading, and then you know yeah. it's back on in terms of potential safety. Um, they're five points behind Pete, uh, Reading, having played at one game fewer, so um, it's possible. But I think you know they'll probably make a a higher accounting for the fact that they might go down and not sort of like, you know, hope to stay up, but it's not the end of the world if they don't. Um, so I still think for the moment they're, they're targetable um, until we see a notable improvement yeah. from them, um, which is convenient because I think the next game's Fulham. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so we've got two games left. Uh, first one of those is, Cardiff against Blackpool, which finished one all. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? Just just one man drama. Cody drama. Yeah, another ten points, another assist. Um, good signing, I think, from yeah. Leeds. Uh, always a bit risk when you loan in someone from the Premier League who's not really played too many games, but he's exactly what they need. Adds a bit of pace. It uh, looks like he's got the final product when he gets into the final third. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have him. And he's one of the four that's managed to stick around in my team after the cold with the overhaul so far. Um, on, on Blackpool, I just said the penalty on Bowler, <laughs> where he got booked for diving when it was a blade of bed. Um, two hand pushing the back and getting yeah. for diving. <laughs> But yeah, I like Blackpool. Um, just going to finish mid-table, and they which is a great season. Yeah, I am hope I am hoping because I haven't had a Blackpool player at all season. I am hoping at some point in the season I'll, I'll bring one in. Yeah, um, I mean, amazingly, given how much I was advocating for them, their defence, Ekpateta, I haven't yeah. owned any of them either. <laughs> um, but you know, I do like them. Like I said, you. you you know, you mentioned the thing about the penalty with Boa. I mean, Ekpateta got the goal, you know, but yeah. the penalty, it was, I mean, not giving the penalty was was one thing. Like, okay, you know, you, you can potentially miss it or whatever. Saying he dived was just incredible. Yeah. Um, and the other person on the Cardiff side we should mention is Joel Bagan, who I think yeah, two it, like a week ago or 10 days ago, he didn't have a league goal. Now he's got three. Um, so... Um, but he he's doing very well on the other side from Drama as well. So um, it'd be interesting because I think uh, Doughty was back on the bench. So it'd be interesting to see because it's hard to sort of take Bacon out of the team at the moment yeah. now. Um, so it'd be interesting. 
to see what they do. Um, apart from that, I don't I don't think there was too much else. I mean, you know, Hugel and Doyle both came back into the team, which was predictable. Yeah. Although, again, Hugel didn't play ninety minutes, so that's something to to bear in mind uh, there as well. Um, but we'll move on to our last game. Um, I'm not sure we're going to have a great deal to discuss here. Uh, Coventry one, Barnsley nil. Uh, do you have anything really to say here, Dan? I just said that I felt like Coventry are missing Hamer and Gordon. I think Hamer's suspended. Yeah. Um, he will be back for the next game. He yeah. he had a two-game suspension because uh, he was Got one of the yellows. first players in the league to get to 10 yellows. <laughs> Man loves a yellow. Yeah. Um, and Barnsley, I didn't have anything to write. Just... But I think they're I think they're getting better. I don't think they don't look like they're going to get hammered. I don't think. But yeah, if you've got a defender playing, unless you're Luton or QPR, and then they score against you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, on Coventry, I feel you know they got there in the end, but they have had a little bit of this issue this season of struggling to beat the the team sort of at the bottom. Um, which might be the thing that ultimately costs them a playoff place. Um, but, you know, they're, they're perfectly fine. If you've got assets there, I mean, I'd maybe look to move on from O'Hare. Um, he's clearly one of these who, you know, plays well, is busy, is always sort of in and around things, but it doesn't translate to points. Defensively, I think you're absolutely fine owning assets. And for the moment, Victor, perfectly good pick to have. Um it's worth noting, saw last week, uh, much to Mark Robbins' dismay, um, Gordon had a consultation with the surgeon who um, uh, obviously took his appendix out, um, and the surgeon has advised four weeks of non-contact training. Okay. So, uh, obviously, Waghorn started this game, and that would be something that will probably be sort of positive for them. But for anyone who was looking at Gordon and his potential return, unless unless they managed to sort of negotiate that down, um, Gordon will still be out for a, for a few game, a few more games, um, which I guess does mean that Victor is more likely to keep playing and stay in the team. Um, on the Barnsley side, uh, the other thing for me was um, one of the few bright spots recently, um, who'd obviously brought a bit more, was... Um, Amin Bassi, who has already managed to get injured. Uh, so I don't know what they're doing to the players at Barnsley, uh, managing to get all sorts of them injured. But uh, poor guy's gone to Barnsley and got injured. So uh, it's clearly something they're not doing right there. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a bit better, but I still don't think they're going to be a real danger to sort of like stay up or anything like that. And yeah. You can still target them. They're just not as bad as they were it seems um but yeah that's all the games um an interesting weekend um it was also nice to have sort of a packed sort of saturday 3 p.m window again um yeah i wasn't able to enjoy it the same way being at the football but you know it was just nice to have all those games sort of in one slot um we'll briefly cover the two that didn't happen uh just to sort of mention them uh we don't really have to say much about them uh bournemouth uh, Nottingham Forest was called off on Friday because uh, damage to Bournemouth Stadium done to the store by the storm, uh, whatever his name is, Eunice. Um, so 
that I mean the main takeaway for me um beyond obviously it being a frustration for those who own those assets was um I thought it was shambolic that they announced the postponement at 4 p.m of a 7.45 game um but you know that will be rearranged in due course and Blackburn Millwall uh was called off because of heavy snow um they'd managed to clear the snow but apparently the surface was basically just frozen uh it was unsafe to play on um so that's why that game went didn't go ahead um so that's another one to be rearranged in due course um convenient for Blackburn to um call off the game with Brereton Diaz not there but having seen the conditions like it, it really it probably would have been dangerous you know you would have had sort of anyone hitting the ground was in danger basically so uh yeah not ideal there but um yeah those games will be rearranged in due course um it'll be interesting to see sort of where they go and everything but uh yeah we'll we'll um go on to our game week 34 predictions um so obviously um result and best asset to own um just going in sort of the the order they are on the gaffer site so it's tuesday deadline and the games are on tuesday and wednesday so the first game we've got is bristol city against coventry i'm gonna go for semenyo and draw i've been on semenyo over vyman the whole time so i'm gonna go (laughs) bristol city and vyman um, next game we've got is Hull against Barnsley. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go draw, and I'm gonna go Helic. I'm gonna go Hull, and I'm gonna go Fours. I'm guess I'm predicting that 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 first goal brings a few more, uh, not necessarily immediately, but that you know, going to the front. Uh, Middlesbrough against West Brom. I'm going to go Middlesbrough and I'm going to go Jones. I'm going to go Middlesbrough and I'm going to go with Spora. Um, Preston against Nottingham Forest. I'm going to go Forest and I'm going to go Johnson. Yeah, I'm going to go Forest and I'm going to go Spence. Um, Swansea, Bournemouth, Bournemouth, Solanke. <laughs> it, it feels boring but obvious. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Bournemouth and Solanke as well. Uh, Reading, Birmingham. Now, this is gonna have goals in this game. I'm gonna go Reading, Jow. I'm gonna go draw Swift just to further punish me for selling him. <laughs> uh, Derby Millwall. I'm going to go Millwall, Jed Wallace. I'm going to go Millwall and Scott Malone against a, a former employer. I think he'll, uh, he'll enjoy that one. Uh, Fulham Peterborough. Fulham Mitrovic. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I feel, I feel bad on that one. Uh, I'm going to say Fulham, and I'm going to say this: this is the game that we have every so often, where Harry Wilson hauls. He's due one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Huddersfield, Cardiff. Huddersfield, 
and I'm going to go Thomas. Yeah, I think Huddersfield. Um, I'm going to go Holmes. Uh, I think if he starts, I could I could see another decent game for him. Um, QPR Blackpool. I know I've bashed QPR, but I'm going to go QPR, and I'm going to go chair. Uh, draw and bowler. Um, Sheffield United Blackburn. I'm going to go Sheffield United Morgan Gibbs White. Yeah, I'm going to go draw and Gibbs White and Stoke Luton. Stoke. Then I'm going Campbell. I'm going to go draw. I'll take that all day long. <laughs> and I'm going to go with... Bree. Low scoring draw. Bree does well on the bonus. Um so yes, yeah, so that that's sort of all the all the games this week. Um obviously split across sort of the Tuesday, Wednesday. Um so we've got just got the question to go with and then we'll sort of talk about the plans for the upcoming week, including your 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 now much sort of teased overhaul. We're not necessarily gonna go through the details, but we'll talk about it. Um so we've got we've got a few questions in, fifty um, percent of which are from Neil Thompson. Thank you for being so enthusiastic with your questions, Neil. Um, so we'll start off in no particular order. I'm just reading them top to bottom as I'm looking at them. Uh, so uh, James Wood asked us which teams have the best fixtures up until game week forty, and which players may go under the radar because they don't have as many double game weeks. Um, so which which teams for you have the best fixtures until game week 40? Obviously, that's longer than we've sort of been looking ahead. But Yeah, I think someone like uh, Stoke have pretty decent fixtures, I think. Um, also, I think Coventry have got quite a good run. Um I don't hate Middlesbrough's run either. I think they'll do all right with their run. Um, and teams that I think will go under the radar are probably like um, Forest and probably like we said, Birmingham or, or Huddersfield. Yeah, I mean, the other one I'd say with the fixtures is Bournemouth. Oh, yeah. I think Bournemouth have a good run. Um, and yeah, Huddersfield would be the main one for me that uh, that I think will go under the radar because they don't really have doubles um, because I think they do have a decent run. The other one I'd say that doesn't have a bad run, um, particularly if you're looking sort of longer term, are Luton. Uh, there's a number of decent fixtures in there, particularly once you start getting to the second half of that. Um, so you know, that's another one to look at. But yeah, um, and I think, like you say, I think Forrest is the other one because of the sort of fewer doubles that will get overlooked as well, um, already being sold and potentially sort of not being bought or, you know, being sold more, that sort of thing. Um, so the next one I've got is John Jaco, <laughs> who 
took the advice on the pod last week and has asked best striker to replace Dykes. Um, so uh, if you were if you were replacing Lyndon Dykes, um, you know, I'll I'll take a minute because obviously I am replace likely replacing Lyndon Dykes. But who would you be looking at, Dan? Um, I think probably Victor's the main one just because he's got a decent double and decent fixtures. Um, if he can get to Solanke, like we said, former for Goggler fixtures. Um, I don't know who else. Those were, like, obviously Sharp is a good option. Uh, maybe, like you said, Campbell from uh, Stoke. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few ones. Yeah, um, depending on your feelings about the doubles, Lucas Zhao as well. Um, not Jordan Hugel. <laughs> a, you only got one week of me recommending Jordan Hugel. Now I'm back the other way. Um, I most likely myself, just to answer the question, will be buying Dominic Solanke. I can get there, so I'll just be making that move in one. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd be looking sort of Solanke, Victor, um, Sharp still rolling. You know, they're sort of the obvious ones there almost. Um, we've got one of Neil Thompson's questions next. And he said, what do you think about using Goldfest in 36 and a free hit to attack 40? I don't know if I can go without a captain using home advantage or midfield dynamos in a double game week. It does look like the bigger teams have much harder doubles in 40, which might result in less goals. Um so, yeah, I mean, we've talked about the idea. We talked about it last week of using the underhaul in a double game week. Um, so do sort of understand that one. Um, I'm not sure about the lack of goals for the for some of the bigger teams in 40. Um, you know, we've talked about you know, Bristol City still concede goals in terms of Bournemouth's double, Bristol City and West Brom. West Brom aren't exactly looking great at the moment. They're not going to get battered, but they're not exactly looking great. You know, Fulham play QPR. You know, QPR still have their defensive issues. Middlesbrough shipped a few. Uh, they're still pretty good defensively, but, you know, I think obviously the thing that jumps out there is that Bournemouth in particular in 36, they have the double of Preston Peterborough. Uh, but for me, I think like looking at, at the free hit for either is probably another way to go if you don't want to go with the home advantage or, or midfield dynamos. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are, Dan. Yeah, uh, I'm not a fan of like home advantage or midfield. Um, that's one of the reasons why I've done the overhaul. Um, I think it's valid to play goal fest in either week. If you play it in 40, you've got a lot more teams. Yeah. And remember, subs count for the goals as well. Um, you are probably right that the games are probably are easier for, um, for Fulham and Bournemouth in 36. So it's just weighing it up. I, yeah. I think as long as you play goal fest in one of the weeks, I don't think you'll go too far drastically wrong I don't think no um yeah like I said I think either way around you, you, it's not the worst idea um another question from Neil <laughs> he said 
He said, just want to say thanks for all your efforts. You make a great review slash preview of the championship every week and make the gaffer game even more fun with your content. Thanks for answering all the cues as well. Well, I wish I'd read that last, but thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, another question from Neil. <laughs> uh, he said, what decision has hurt your team the most this season so far? Mine has to be only captaining Mitrovic a handful of times in the first 20 games of the season. I missed so many points because of this. Oh, God. Um, well, mine is my over, my first overhaul. Oh, d- and I, and I, tried to, I tried to be clever and I was inside the top 100. And I, because West Brom was just scoring loads yeah. of goals, I went from double defence to double attack and they just rotated for about five or six weeks and then they teased me because they they done well so I kept them for a few more weeks and I dropped all the way down to 700 that's that's the big one what what decision has hurt my team the most this season that's a really good question um there aren't too many that have scarred me (laughs) Uh, right now, what feels like is selling John Swift this week. <laughs> oh, John Swift told me ever since game week one. I was, I I was about him to say. Game week one. I then <laughs> took him out my overhaul in the first overhaul, and now I sold him for Tom Lawrence. Yeah. Um, you know, there were a few. There were a few good weeks for me with John Swift, but probably every decision I've made with John Swift, either to buy or sell, has been the most painful decision. <laughs> made on my team um so yeah i'll just say i'll just say john swift um neil's final question he said best defensive asset from fulham for double game week 36 and best defensive asset from bournemouth for double game week 36 i think it's um for fulham it's gonna risk rotation but it's neko williams i think and some more i think for bournemouth yeah um, I think if you if you wanted to go sort of safety, you'd be looking at Tossin and Nat Phillips. Um, but probably in terms of the best one, potentially it'd be Williams and Zamora. But if you if you if you wanted the assets most likely to play two games, I'd go with something like Tossin and Nat Phillips. Um, so we've got the next question is from FPL Frustration, who asks which Cardiff and Derby assets should we be looking at for the upcoming doubles? And non-gaffer question: Who do you predict to finish in the top six this season? Uh, so Cardiff and Derby assets are not Tom Lawrence for double game yeah. thirty-five. Uh, I, I'm, but I don't know. I'm gonna have um, drama for Cardiff. And I'm going to have all sop for Derby, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd say the goalkeepers from either Smithies or all sop. Um, I think you, you'll probably want to have one of those in 35. Um, I think you could look at any of um, Drama, Flint. I'd like to say Bagan, but with Doughty there, I just I I don't think it's reliable. So I'd say Drama or Flint or Curtis Davis. And I probably wouldn't look anywhere in the attack, uh, to be honest, at this point with Lawrence out. Yeah, I wouldn't either. 
Um, so I, I'd say one of the keepers and what one about of the Hugel? No, you, no. you had you had the one week of me recommending Jordan Hugel. That's over now. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I wouldn't load up on the on that. No, answer. I wouldn't. It's if been... I didn't have any, I might not even bring in any now. Yeah, I mean, I th- personally, I've already got drama, and I think because I, particularly because I've got Ingram, I may well go to one of their keepers for yeah uh, thirty five because I have more who doubles in thirty six. I may look to make that move uh, to one of their keepers, but that's it. Um, and top six, um, Fulham, Bournemouth, Sheffield United, Middlesbrough. Huddersfield, Forest. No no Blackburn or QPR. I'm going to say Fulham, Bournemouth, Sheffield United, Middlesbrough, Huddersfield and Forest. I think that's the same, but it's the same, yeah. Uh that that seems the most obvious one to me. Um I just I just don't like where Blackburn and QPR are at the moment. It wouldn't shock me if they end up in there, but I just I it's difficult for me to predict them right now to finish in the top six with the momentum that some of the other teams have and the just playing better. I like, think it's yeah. just that simple essentially. But um We've got one from Ski House 78. Do I really need to go back to John Egan for a nailed Sheffield United defender given Bogle's troubles and the plethora of wingbacks they have? If you want a nailed Sheffield United defender, then yes, you probably do need to go to John Egan. <laughs> I'm not, I think it's probably that simple at this point. Like, yeah. Unless we got news that actually Bogle's issue, issue is going to keep him out for a number of weeks, in which case I'd say actually go to George Baldock. But barring that happening, yeah, if you if if you really want a nailed Sheffield United defender, then yeah, you, you probably have to go to John Egan. Um, and the last question we have is from FPL Hindsight. He asks the best Bogle Earl replacements and the best BBD replacements if he's out for a while? So Bogle, I'd say Zamora, Toffolo, um, one of the Forest players, um, McNair, Dyke Steel, and for Earl, the Luton, Luton, Briel, Naismith, Jaggy Elka, Curtis Davis, um, I'll probably miss it. Drama. Yeah. There's loads there. There's loads. Defence is the hardest one for me to pick on overall. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're spoiled for choice, really, defenders. And uh, yeah, I think I think you've covered most of the, most of the main ones there, to be honest. Uh, maybe someone like Nico Williams for, for Bogle. Yeah. Um, and in terms of Brereton Diaz replacements, if he's out for a while, I don't think he will be. But if he is, you know, if you can get to Solanke, Solanke, you know, if you can, if you can't, someone like a Victor or, you know, Sharp. we've mentioned Tyrese Campbell, Sharp, like it, it's the same people really. Maybe in a few weeks, Adebayo, Archer, I think after. Yeah. They could be options again. Vyman. Yeah, Vyman and Semenyo, both yeah. of them. Um, so, yes, yeah, so there's, a, there's a number of options around. Um, it's just sort of you know, working out 
I mean, depending on who you've got, but I think there's there's a few options there. Um, hopefully, we'll get sort of more concrete news on how how long Burton Diaz is going to be out for. Nobody seemed to think it was going to be very long, but we'll see. Um, so that's all the questions. Thank you to the people who sent them in. Uh, special thanks to Neil Thompson for sending us four and for his very kind words about how great we are. Um, so just to sort of finish, we'll we'll do a little bit of a look ahead into, from our own point of view to, to game week 34. Um, there's obviously been a little bit of conversation about it on Twitter already. Uh, but Dan, talk to us about, I guess, we don't have to go through your, your entire overhaul, but just sort of the thinking that's brought you to it and sort of maybe some key points within it in terms of players you're looking at and everything. Yeah, so the main main thing was I was looking through it and like the team I actually have now and it was okay. Like I could have I could have got to thirty six, taken a few hits, probably would have taken three or four hits. Um but I was looking at it and I was like, if I was picking like the team I wanted, I would only have four players. Maybe five. I'm I'm still debating about one. And so then I was like, well, how is that going to affect my boost? And I know it's more beneficial to play the boosts, but I was like, I don't really even like home advantage or midfield dynamos. Um, and then I was just, I, and also I'm just thought I'd have a bit of fun. I'm not, I'm not going to get, I'm 200. I, I might get top hundred, but I just wanted a bit of fun. So, I haven't gone like crazy with any of my picks. I think most of my picks are long, uh, sensible picks who hopefully I won't have to take any hits, maybe up to 40, maybe the odd one here and there. So maybe I actually get pretty similar to what someone who's on home advantage or um, midfield dynamos get, plus in that. 36 I'm going to be able to have my captain choice yeah yeah uh, I mean like I say I, I, t I totally get it um I can see some sort of interesting sort of teams or players at the moment that you could look towards and everything I mean um I <laughs> I I don't I'm just personally not a fan of playing the overhaul I but I do yeah. get why where you're sort of coming from in playing it in particular um and particularly if you if you're looking at that double saying you don't like any of the boosts it then sort of does remove the the issue a little bit particularly because you can sort of set up to for the doubles at this point as well with the players you're bringing in yeah. you, you do sort of have almost have that clean slate looking ahead and everything so um i do sort of understand where you're going with that and uh, and why um but it's it's an interesting one, I think. I, I think I think, like I said, I, I probably would have taken three or four hits to get to a team that's sixteen points. I probably would was leaning towards midfield dynamos, um, and obviously they can go off. Like I'm not going to say they can't, but I get my captain, so I'm going to probably captain Solanke in that week against Preston and Peterborough and they so I'm going to get double points on everyone else who plays that boost um 
I think I'll personally have a lot of the the, the picks that people will pick anyway in midfield dynamos. And I'm going to be able to get Mitrovic on one and a half as well. Yeah. So, I, and I think I'm set for 40 as well. Or it won't, I'll be able to get there without taking too many hits. So I think overall I might not come out that far off. Plus I'm having a bit of fun while I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not sort of a, you know, like like Dream, Jamie's first uh, first draft. Uh, yeah, which uh, is is a bit out there. Um, but I mean, I I think I should probably say in terms of my thoughts for thirty four, um, don't read this like I'm sort of happy with the majority of my team. There's there's a number of them that I would quite happily sort of kick out of my team. I mean, obviously I've got Ingram, who's my second keeper or one of two. It's not like I've got a non-playing keeper. I've got more. Um, but, you know, Ingram's one that could go. Townsend is one that could go, although I don't think I'd, I'd want to leave myself with no West Brom coverage still, but I wouldn't necessarily be upset if I did. Uh, Bogle, um, I'm looking at potentially losing at some point now. I just think the uncertainty is is not going to work for me. Um, Christie, I'd quite happily sell. Daniel Johnson, I'd quite happily sell. Dykes, I'd quite happily sell. Um this week, I think I'll probably just be taking a minus four. I think the the, the yeah. big thing for me is uh, moving on. Even even if Dykes is fit, it it's a move that like I was fine. I made it as sort of a, a view with about sort of three four uh, three weeks or so with it. Um, it hasn't quite worked, but it hasn't cost me too much in terms of what else I'm I would have done. Um, and then I'll probably make a defensive move as well. Um, given that I've got a couple there that I'd, I'd quite like to move on. Um, but it's not too bad, um, particularly when, you know, I can work out that as long as the majority of my team, my starting 11 plays. Uh, yeah, it, um, like I said, Angus, I wouldn't have had um, a double-playing goalkeeper for 36. I've got Furlong, I, w- I had Furlong, Townsend, Bogle and Christie. None of them I really wanted, yeah. or maybe maybe one of the West Brom I would have been happy with. My midfield was Willock, who I think is okay to keep, but if he play, keeps playing left wing back, not great. Daniel Johnson, it's not a bad pick. He would have kept ticking over. Um, O'Hare just does... just You can never pick where he's going to score any points. Um, I've kept... I'm keeping Carvalho, and I can't remember the other one I had. Lawrence. <laughs> so it's just a desire and out front probably Sharp is the one I'm debating whether so I might maybe drop a midfielder and have a front three of Sharp um, Mitro and Solanke but we'll see Yeah. so I, I, I was just looking at it and it was just like I said I've got rid of 11 players I'm not saying I had to get rid of 11 players, but I, I found fault in 11 players, so I, I've just done it. Yeah, well, like I say, you know, I'd probably get rid of about five or six. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just where our teams have fallen slightly differently, yeah. where I don't have as many that I would want to get rid of, so it doesn't work. For, it wouldn't work for me. Like, I mean, the only time I used it this season, I had eight or nine issues at yeah. once, like, and that was yeah. that's the sort of thing we're talking about with with the overhaul. Like, I think. Um, you can then use it proactively, like you're saying, with with the opportunity to then set up for what's coming. But um, 
yeah, I think I think for me it needs to reach reach a certain threshold of issues, which it sounds like you had with your team. So, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I'll I'll sort of be looking to sort of take a minus four. Um, I'm, I'm, there's not much left for us to cover. Um, we'll wind up now. Um, I we're recording Sunday night. I will tweet something out on Monday um, about the outcome of the round of tw- 128 of the the cup. Um, obviously, I know there were some very uh, lopsided scores after the first legs. I've not looked at any of the scores, so I can't give you an indication on like who's through or anything like that. Um, but I will tweet something out on Monday um, to sort of. Um, give people sort of an idea of of what's happened and I'll try and get a draw done sort of Monday evening once I'm done sort of working um, and I just need sort of 15 20 minutes with the uh, random number generator to sort of to uh, to get the draw done for that um, if I could, if I can get it done tonight I will but more likely at some point tomorrow um, we will be back. Oh, God knows. Uh, some point, maybe probably Thursday, between, probably uh, Thursday, thirty-four and thirty-five. Um, I don't think there's a Friday game, is there? I don't think so. Um, I think that that might that might present us with an opportunity to record on Thursday. Um, but we will be back uh, with you before game week thirty-five. Uh, we'll we'll be back with something. Uh, whether it's a Q and A or it will probably be more likely to be sort of a Q and Q and A or a shorter pod, um, but we will have something for you. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, this one won't be going out uh, on video, but um, normally you can find us on YouTube. So you know, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, and we will talk to you again soon. So uh, goodbye. <laughs>